You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ball, Gibbs with the thrust. Robert Jones nicely out to Emir Lewis. Emir Lewis is shifted up, goes Yayan Evans. Yayan Evans is away. Can the cap? Welsh captain make it? He's going to do it. And it's a try for Wales. And the Welsh captain has scored his eighth and his 33rd international. Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast, or uh, as I'm now calling it, Let's just talk about England, shall we? There's got to be there's got to be something we can do to to cheer ourselves up. Dan, I'm looking at you. For, I'm looking at you for suggestions. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I'm and I'm looking at Murph for suggestions. So um... oh god, <laughs> I come on, I come on to talk about uh, the Milan San Remo road cycling uh, from yesterday afternoon, the longest single day race in the calendar, 299 kilometers. Uh, beautiful shots. I was what that's what I was watching because I thought the Scot the Scotland Island Scotland Italy game was a bit boring. So mm. I watched that mainly yesterday afternoon in the build up to Wales and uh, France, and um, I enjoyed it. So we just talk about that for an hour now. I you know I would quite happily do that. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't really see a problem with it. It's got to be uh, it's it's got a great be finish. Adorable. Really good finish. <laughs> oh no. Oh. <laughs> No, I'm not on about the rugby. I'm on about the. No, I know you're not. Even just hearing the words "great finish" just makes me feel a bit uh, sick. I've gone. (laughs) No one got mugged on the line, so that was good. But there was a chasing group with. um... Did anyone's wheels come off? (laughs) Yes, uh, there's a new top sprinter called Sam Bennett from Ireland, and he had to stop with technical issues, and he would have fancied himself otherwise. But there was a chasing group trying to chase down this pair at the end, but. Peter Sagan was in the chasing group. So no one, this is, I know we're just trying to delay the inevitable, but no one was <laughs> willing to chase down the leading group because they knew Peter Sagan was just going to turn up uh, late and win a sprint. So it meant that um, Matthew, is it Matthew Stoy, Stoyan, I think he was called, was able to hang on and win. So that was good. 
Right. And a big thank you to our sponsors. We'll be back to the chat <laughs> cycling with you very, very soon. Oh, dear, dear. Right. Come on. Enough. Let's try and rip this, rip this plaster off. Dan. I'm still up to cycling. <laughs> Dan, where did it, where did it go wrong? Where did, where did we lose that one? In a really strong position. I thought that was the best we played all tournament up to a point. I thought it was the best form we've shown all tournament anyway. And, uh, you know, with a red card, he thought that should be enough. Where did it go wrong? Yeah, well, I mean, taking it back a step, I within the first sort of fifteen minutes, I thought, can we can we possibly keep this intensity up? Really, it was it was it was a, it set off at a frightening pace, didn't it, for both sides? You know, ref ref um, was heavily involved, I think, in keeping you know keeping that tempo up with his calls and. Um, I just thought tactically we were absolutely spot on. Really, really tight tactically. Kept the got the wingers involved, and we more than I've ever seen the wingers involved. Um, Adams got through so much work. Zamit as well. I mean, how difficult was 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 Zamit to stop? You know, he's bouncing players off, wasn't he? Almost looked like uh, you know North. Um, and um, yeah, we kept we were making we were making so much uh, so much yardage, really, weren't we? So many meters, which I think. Really surprised me how 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 actually I go forward. And we were causing them all sorts of trouble. I thought they looked they looked shocked. They looked like wow, you know what is what is going on here? But they they stayed in the game, didn't they? They stayed in it, and you know, well, I suppose more than stayed in it. They were right there, or you know, all the way through. But when we when we just when when we pulled away. You know, we we put we had a chat about this, didn't we? Off air that if I I did feel as if we were we were always going to win that game, and that's why it's so difficult being on tonight, isn't it? Because it just it it just didn't quite happen. I think a big turning point for me was the were, were the substitutions, an obvious one, an obvious one to say. But the substitutions in the other games worked really well. Everyone that came on made a massive impact, and so I think. The coaches went with what had worked previously. The difference being that this game was a totally different kettle of fish to the other games we 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 did been in before. Um, and the, the the big call for me was was bigger. I thought bigger was sensational yesterday. I thought he was absolutely spot on. Was playing so well. Looking at his performance yesterday, I think he's you know off that he'd be the starting Lions ten, and. I just felt that he had to stay on the park because I know in that final sort of, you know, final 15, the shift on possession left, but it's the organisation that comes with bigger and leading that defence that, that is just so important. And for me, we, we hugely missed his presence on the park. Yeah, I, I, well, I said it to you off air, I think it's very easy behind shot. And it's no slight on Callum Sheedy at all because he's right at the start of his test match career and he'll have he'll have days where he comes on and changes those things and he'll have days where he starts at 10 and bosses them and man of the match and everything else I think he's got a very bright future ahead of him but you're right in a game as close as that and not just because it was close but because it was really unpredictable it you know I think the game plan had worked really really well but then things started to unravel and we were getting pinged for more and more penalties and stuff like that and you just feel like if bigger being on the pitch at that point in time you're able to 
to go back to plan A. And, I, you know, I'd have just kept raining bombs down on Bruce Dillon all, all night. You know, the, the wingers and the fullback didn't look comfortable under the under the high ball. And I think that that gave us some serious change. So it's, diff- it's difficult because on another night, he might have picked off an intercept pass or he might have unlocked the defence. And, uh, you know, and, and that was enough to, to get things done. But I don't know, when it, when it got so tight, I just couldn't help but think I would have liked to have had bigger on the pitch. Murph, any thoughts uh, with regards to the, the replacements? Um, no, not, nothing, nothing extra. That. I, I think the biggest situation was one of them where the game changed after Chidi had come on. You couldn't, you couldn't, like you couldn't second guess it because Chidi came on and then the game sort of flipped on his head. So a little bit too late by then, I think. But it would have helped if he was there at the death. But I don't know. Like I said, I'm into cycling now, so. Whatever. <laughs> oh God, I'm so sick of this game. There's a, I mean, there's a few things you could pick holes in, like the, you know the disallowed Resummit try. People are saying, well, Martin Johnson actually, a, a neutral, said mm-hmm. um, that looked like a penalty try all day. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think it probably was. But I was saying to Dan before before you jumped on. At the same time, you know, was Josh? Did Josh Adams get that ball down? If the ref asks. The question the same as he did with Gareth Davis in the first half, then that yeah. doesn't get given as a try either. No. But um, then you know, the, I, I agree with that, but I'm not, I'm not disagreeing at all. But I think in the old days, that's just a try. I think it is as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah it's no, just TMO right. because it's a TMO. They have to check, and then you realise, ooh, ooh, it's only grazed one blade. But what I don't you know, understand so... is, is why you don't ask the same question in those scenarios because they they are almost identical. They're just at different ends of the pitch, and if you say try, yes or no then it's given one way or the other. But yeah. the fact yeah. that you've got the same thing, but because the questions... On field decision and all that nonsense, yeah. It's yeah. one of those weird rugby things that you just think it's probably better to just go, right, is that, I, I don't know, is that a try, yes or no? But yeah. what, while we're talking about the refereeing, because it's not often I'm positive about refs, um, what the game definitely benefited from was just how how on it he was with scrum halves saying, right, let's go, let's go, let's go. And it just it just meant you ended up with breakneck, breakneck speed and... Uh, I, I, I don't know if, like, if he's going to do that, and it, it, it made for the great spectacle. I mean, the the tournament had a showcase last night, prime time Saturday viewing, yeah. and then, you know, it had a stupendous, like, dramatic game going on. But I was watching more for like a fool. I was watching more rugby today, even though I'm a cycling fan. And uh, they, the referee was back in the old routine, whoever there was yeah. refing the thing. So if one referee is playing like that. And it, we all agree it was positive. They've all got to go at least some way to refing like that because it, it was basically as soon as the as soon as the tackle player hit the ground, he shouted and use it to, yeah. <laughs> which you know is good. If, I'm not complaining, but it needs to be across the board. If it's going to be, you can't choose that game for it to be the case. It's got to be a consistency through them all, so that so then all games are played at the same high tempo instead of not not that today's game was particularly slow. But it was just refereed differently. So, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I, I would rather, <laughs> I think in hindsight, I'd rather we had a referee who would like, uh, say, use it and then wait 30 seconds before the bloke kicks it and not do anything about it, especially when we were trying to run the clock down. Yeah. But, um, I mean, like I say, for the neutral, uh, and I, I, I mentioned before, uh, probably quite a lot of the other nations didn't want us to win that game because we, we'd mugged them all. Yeah, you know what? Like, 
it's interesting and obviously I avoided Twitter last night and um and stuff but I'm always just I'm always a bit I always find it really strange so I'm like yeah you know if that was England going for it of course I wouldn't want England to do it in fact I probably wouldn't want any of them to do it but it's it's just like I also don't care that they don't want us to do it like I don't need the approval of England and Ireland fans to, no, no, to enjoy no. a Grand Slam, you know, it's like balls to it. It's, you know, that's the beauty of it is that there, there is a there is a great rivalry there, and mm. and I wouldn't want yeah, you know, I wouldn't want any of them to go and to win a to win a Slam either. So, you know, I don't know. It, it's 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 more about what it means to us than what it means to them. Sure, I think that performance, but like, um, but to bed a lot of because uh, I think what you were saying there's a lot of a lot of fans thought that we were the luckiest side ever to be in that position. You know, if we'd won a Grand Slam, it would have been, uh, you know, so undeserving. But I think that performance last night has, has, has shut a lot of people up and the press as well. Yeah. That, yeah, that was yeah, a spectacular definitely. performance, wasn't it? I was the be- that was definitely the best they played under Pivak, for sure. It was, you know, that was rugby of a much higher level than, uh, than we've seen. Yeah, we were playing a different game there, weren't we? That that the intensity was was so so big, you know. It was it was miles higher than any other game in that tournament, and that's the that's the really encouraging thing. Like you know, we said to to put to bed the you know the lucky the lucky myth, right? I was saying to you, look, we had we had luck against England because those two refereeing decisions were, were certainly one of them was wrong, and it's you know we were very fortunate that the the, the Josh Adams try was allowed to to happen as well, but. You know the last twenty minutes of that game, there was no there was no luck about closing that out and sixteen unanswered points. The Ireland game, I, you know, you go back and listen to my assessment of it. I thought we were bloody awful in that game, but we still got over the line, and it was a stone cold red card. The Scotland game, I thought we were awful for large chunks of it, but it was a stone cold red card. You know, red card isn't luck anymore because the rules are really really clear. And those and last night, that's that's an obvious red card. You know, they're they're all red cards. Um, and it's just not, you know, you don't you don't get lucky um, in that regard. So, I, I, you know, the, the the England game was was different because they are mental calls that you that you're not likely to see again. But yeah, you know, I I don't think it was about it was about luck. And you, and you're right, just as as a performance, it was it was huge. What did you what did you both think of the the sort of tactic? Like we talked about it last week, didn't we? Wondering what what tactics we were going to bring and what did you, what did you make of them? The Welsh tactics. You feel, you feel that one, Murph? Well, I, I don't know if um, tactics came into it. The game just started. We were seven points down in no time and we had to respond. I don't know if, um, like I'm sure if I was Wayne Pivak, I wanted to be a, a much more uh, steady tactical game kind of pin them back, strangle them. Don't get, I, I wouldn't have wanted to get into a, a gun, a gunfight with them, but that's just the way it was. If we did, I don't think we had any option in that. Once they'd scored, we had to respond and then it was just nonstop then. So uh, I, I, I mean, going back to um, what we were saying about other nations wanting us to win just, just now on the last question. Uh, I, I don't, just, I mean, obviously you don't want the other teams doing the Grand Slam, but sometimes when a team has played really well, like the last, uh, Grand Slam that Ireland did, you can just sort of say, well, you know, good for you. You played the best rugby and you deservedly you won the whole thing. But I don't think on this occasion, until last night, any of the other teams could look at us and go, wow, they're, they're playing really good rugby. 
and that's and add in the fact that they all felt slightly aggrieved by losing to us uh, i think there was a lot of just my perception uh, a lot of them wouldn't have been cheering us on but uh, you're right last night i mean there's a couple of things there like that I, one i've already mentioned we've got to drive in more now which is yeah just, yeah. We just didn't have, well we didn't have one under gatland we didn't have one last year under under pivac do you know what though? I, I just think the way that this is refereed, and this is no this is no um slight on how well that Welsh pack is doing this, but the law is way is set up in a way now that it's refereed in favour of a side who's going for not even going forward. You can stand still for 15 seconds mm. and then without saying use it, and then it starts to creep forward and it's I'll oh, use it once, you know. So you just need to get it straight. I mean, the dragons have got a good driving mall now, you know, virtually everyone has. But you know, but that said, it's it's proving massively effective for Wales. Well, that that and uh, from Wales' point of view, now things we didn't have last year or under Gatland, the driving wall and scoring from close range. Yeah, I mean, when did when did that when did we start doing that? It seemed like last night. It seemed like if we were five yards out, there was no doubt we were going to score every single time. Which yeah, there's a there's a bit of England in us there, isn't there? A bit of Exeter, almost. Yeah. Not, yeah, not as boring as that, but still, you know, it was just. I don't know where it's come from. It's out of the blue, that kind of thing. We had, we've had, we had countless matches under Gatland, and I'm not dissing him because obviously he's the most successful coach we ever had, but we had countless matches under Gatland where if we got in there 22, we didn't know what to do with it. I tell you what, I tell you what springs to mind was Australia in the World Cup in 2015 yeah. when they were down to 13, were they, for a bit? I think they had two men in the bin. And again, we, yeah, yeah. we were camped in there 22, and we just yeah. couldn't, en- we couldn't engineer a simple overlap. No, yeah. because because of injury and different things, we had Jamie Roberts and George North in the centre. We did. So there was no one. To, <laughs> there was no one to fling. Although George North, twenty twenty. Had, had we had we got the ball to George North now, though, we now know he'd have been he'd have been slinging out cat flat passes. Yeah, different player now. Totally different player. Um, but yeah, I, 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 uh, there was something else apart from the scoring from close range thing we covered just now. Got too much cycling on my mind. Cycling, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something to do. Something to do with it. It's, it's just gra- gradually put more and more on uh, Pivac and the coaches. Just gradually put more and more on this team, and it's just kind of snowballed into a side. Somehow we lost last night, but that's probably possibly the best all-round performance in years in terms of everything. Showing everything like the close close range scoring, mm. the, the driven line out. There's been it. That's what I was going to say. Is when you said about the refereeing of the driven line out. Back in Munster's prime in the noughties, they basically scored a try if they had a line out in the opposite twenty two every time, because of the way it was refereed and the way the rules were at the time. And they actually changed the rules to stop that because it was. I mean, who wants to pay to see that? Unless you're a Munster fan, you don't really want to see that, do you? Yeah. So it. The refereeing of that changed to stop it becoming an automatic try. And now I think most, especially in the last three years, most of the defending of driven walls is legal. You've got this thing where they slide up around the side and yeah. then carry on hanging on after and all this. It's, it's, it's bullshit. But it, they have to do it, otherwise you end up in a situation where Munster just score every time they're in your 22. Uh, but we... we Wales have never never bothered with it. It didn't seem to be a consideration. Now we're doing it. I'm happy with it because it's. Well, I tell you, I tell you what. At the start of the at the start of the Six Nations, 
we couldn't hit anyone for a line out. Yeah, alone started score tries off a driving line out. We couldn't we couldn't hit the bloody man. So, I mean, it's it's you know they things have just got not gradually better. They've they've really stepped up a gear, and you know um, I, I would definitely say I'm much more optimistic about the future. Even even though we we lost that game, as big, and that's the thing that that is going to be the is going to be the work on is closing out tight games now. Because obviously under Gatlin, we were very very good against that in the Six Nations. And eventually, in the World Cup, we became very good. We became generally very good at that as well. But it was something we always struggled against the Southern Hemisphere. And you know, how many times did we lose to Australia in the the last minute? It felt like at least four times a year that was happening. And so, I think that will be that's the next thing. Um, you know, but it's, it's it's about backing it up because I, I still think it was obviously the like the core of it must have been there during those those uh, games against Ireland and Scotland. But I, I felt it was, you know, it was so laboured against fourteen men's sides that it was. Uh, I, I, I didn't see, I didn't see a performance like last night coming. But you know, if they, if they can build on last night's performance, there could be some some really exciting times ahead. The only trouble is we're at, we're at the end of a like it, it felt a little bit like a changing of a guard last night because it was our side with about a thousand caps up against a side with loads of under 23 year old players under 24 year old players mm. so we've got it was a bit like us in us in 2011 wasn't it where we had yeah. a side full of full of 22 year olds and and, yeah. and then you know it's, you know, i mean a lot of them are still there yeah and we, we've got a lot of transition transitioning to do over the next few seasons but i mean we're still mo- most of these although it's a very mature side most of these could still probably be here next season but um you you have got to, you know, eventually they've got to be replaced. So um, it's going to be a lot of transition transition coming up over the next few years to key, you know, all key men as well. We have got some great depth, uh, some great depth, haven't we? That we've, Mm. I think, you know, it's one of the, it's one of the most exciting things really is that when the players, when the players take the pitch now, it does seem as if, if you don't have a great game and you're not on, not on your money, you're likely to lose your place. Which I think, that, I think there's a couple of positions that are bigger concerns than others, though. I think if you look at two and five, they're the ones that if Alan Wynn isn't there, it's not the same side because he's a, you know, he's a he's a colossus, isn't he? And and I think Ken Owens has, has proven he's uh, he's been as important. Um, and and you just wonder that step up when you've got players like that who are so so important who comes in whereas the back row I think even like if you lose Toby who's amazing we have done a job with with either Navidia 8 or Moriarty or we've got quality quality back row players but I just feel like like Ken and Alan Winner play such a massive role that we're just not able to to be quite the same side without them what what do you reckon Dan? Yeah that's definitely the case with Ken Owens isn't it I mean we've we've almost we almost changed overnight the moment he came in, didn't we? Really, you know. And he's just so integral, isn't he? He's an absolute warrior, isn't he? What a player! And um, yeah, he probably is really sort of almost almost irreplaceable, really, in the way in which he plays. But you know, Elliot's played very well, hasn't he? When he's um, you know when he's come on. But I think that's gonna, that's that's going to be a very very difficult. Uh, you know, probably a challenging transition to handle then. And yeah, if we look at Alan Wynne-Jones, I mean, slightly, 
controversial, but Beard was Beard was having a, a phenomenal game yesterday, wasn't he? That was, now, that was massive from him last night. Yeah, it was just in 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 the tight, in in the loose, in 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 every he was everywhere on the park as well. I mean, just looking at some of the replays, as I said to you, I, I couldn't bring myself to watch the game back today, but um, he was up with everything. Um, and that sort of awkward running style he's got. But was he? Did he have to be taken off? Was there potentially? Uh, you know, could he? Could he? Have, could he have stayed on? I think it's just fresh legs, wasn't it? I mean, it, 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 around the hour mark, there was a definite drop off. I think, and it, 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 he'd empty the tank, could he? Well, I'm not saying that he particularly had, but it, you could see the team needed fresh impetus, and uh, I, I, I got no quarrels with any of the substitutions, even the damn bigger one. You know, you, you couldn't tell you needed him until you needed him, if you know what I mean. You know, you yeah, changed him, and point. then after after you change him, then the game changed, and it looked like you. It might have been a mistake, but I don't know as much we could have done. But I don't, you know, the substitutions. Everyone empties their bench in every game, nearly. So uh, it's, I don't, I don't know if we can. You do, but I think they're I mean, those decisions. Corey Hill, he came on. A, what's that, Jeff? Yeah, I think they're those decisions, though. That that sometimes, and again, this is all with hindsight, uh, because Callum Sheedy came on against England mm. and closed, and you know, put in a superb performance to close it out. But I think they're the ones that sometimes yeah. the best coaches will override what the GPS data is saying and go, right, we need, you know, we need certain individuals on the pitch here uh, to, to close this out. Yeah. And they're the kind of things that you, you can't track. And, you know, where with Stuart Lancaster was, was one who was roundly criticised for it. It was like, uh, you know, 58, 59, 60, right, pre-prescribed substitutions, everyone yeah. on. And I think sometimes it, the... You have to look at it and think. And again, Gat- Gatland did this. He would make those decisions that um, that are done more on field than just on than just on. You're right. Every, everyone empties the bench, and and you know, Adam Beer put in such a shift. He probably was, you know, he probably was running on empty at that well, point. Well, they don't share the data, do they? No, of course not. Yeah. You know, he could have he could have just like ground almost to a halt at a couple of stages, and they just thought, well. Yeah. Get the shepherd's hook on him. And it, and it could be the same. It could be the same for bigger. You know, you just you just yeah. don't know. So it's um, it, yeah. it is it's a very tricky one to to pick the bones out of. But anyway, mm-hmm. we're going to try and continue doing this. Uh, but I think we all need a, I think we all need a quick break, and uh, we're going to do that right now. Welcome back to the second half of the attacking scrum slash cycling podcast. Uh, We've uh, been looking at looking at ways to ease the pain of that defeat to France. Um, I suppose one way to uh, to ease the pain is if we we go on and win the championship. I haven't even thought about this yet. I don't honestly. I genuinely don't know what the permutations are because I just wasn't. I wasn't thinking about it. I was just so concentrated on the game last night. Dan, do you, do you happen to know what we need to do to, or what France need to do, or Scotland need to do in order for us to win the title? Yeah, I think. Isn't it twenty point, twenty point margin a bonus point try? Murph, you got. I think you've got the, you got it right, haven't you? Is that right? Yeah. Will will they? Do I think so. Yeah, I, I haven't got it in front of me. But uh, what do we what do we think of that? There's a lot well, in Scotland. There. Scotland they? So, I mean, they're capable of stuff in Scotland. Um, they, they are, aren't they? I think the tournament, although that last night was a. a uh, an amazing uh, spectacle and the finale. 
the tournament was robbed a little bit by the COVID outbreak because I think if it hadn't been for COVID, tonight could have been a grand slam decider for both teams. Mm. I think if, this is just my opinion, I, don't, I mean, thing, but I think if Scotland, France had been on, France would have won that at home and then had momentum going into Twickenham. And they lost, they, as we know, they lost narrowly in the last minute. And I think with that game under their belt and a bit more, more confidence momentum, they, they could have uh, won or hung on against England. And then it would have been, last night would have been winner take all. on the line, yeah. And, and if that game would have been winner take all, I mean, you could cancel the rest of rugby. You could just say, well, we've, yeah. rugby's peaked. You could leave we've it. Completed it, yeah. That's yeah. it. So I, I can't remember the... I can't Sorry? remember the last time. When was the last time a Grand Slam was on the line on the final day? The only one I can think of was was ninety. Has there been one since? Uh, good question. And Scotland did it in ninety. I, I don't know. There, there might there might be there might have been a few, but hmm. I mean, yeah, that's it's such a shame because the the scheduling really really works out that way. But if it had been if it had been the case, I mean, God, imagine if that game had had been the yeah the, the you know even if it had finished the way it finished how incredible that would have been to yeah i mean have the grand slam on the line you'd never hear the end of it it would just been uh, am i correct in thinking on super saturday they put the most important game on last though no no it's irrelevant it's it's all pre-scheduled so so that was luck last night was luck yeah i mean they might there might be it's, it's not necessarily the most important they might it might be pre-prescribed that um that that, that, that it's mixed up you, you very rarely see italy last on a on a no. on a Super Saturday, but yeah. it's it's not like it was decided, you know, a fortnight ago. It was decided before the tournament began. That, uh, that well, because, uh, like, from the if you the sponsors' point of view or the organisers' point of view, if they were arranging that, they would expect it to be more likely England Ireland would be the decider in the afternoon if mm. gone to form, you know. And uh, then again, the French are obsessed with the, the French are obsessed with playing games that kick off nine PM local time <laughs> as well, aren't they? It's like yeah. so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly how these things are uh, exactly how they're decided, but yeah, it would have been it would have been done in a, in advance of the tournament. Um, Very lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's just one of those, isn't it? Like, imagine if that place was was filled with fans, and mm. you know, a load of a load of people had uh, had made the trip had made the trip over from Wales as well. It just would have been a and an incredible, uh, an incredible spectacle that, yeah. that that game warranted, really. Yeah. Sick as a dog. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, we could talk about England. The wheels coming off. That might. That might. That might cheer people up. I don't know. The reverse triple crown they did. <laughs> the triple frown. <laughs> I've seen it referred to a couple of times, which <laughs> made me, which made me chuckle a bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they've ever been in that situation, have they? Where they've lost to all three, all I think, three uh, nations. 1976 is the last time they lost to all three nations. I, I, quoting someone else, obviously, I didn't know oh, that myself. Still, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they, they genuinely are calling for Eddie out now in, the, in the, some of the press. There's something, I mean, there's, there is a horrible relationship with the press and Eddie Jones, isn't there? I mean, like the, the Times Journal, Barnes and Stephen Jones and the rest of them are, you know, they're, uh, they've been looking for looking to sink their teeth in for a while. But, I mean, it was bloody awful from their point of view, wasn't it? It's like, where do they, you know, there's, there was no plan B whatsoever. It was just, you know, they're 14, 17 points down and they're still just, you know, just kicking the ball away very, very deep. And it just it just seemed very, very peculiar that in in games like this, and they did, I don't know if you remember, it's the same against us in, in 2019 in Cardiff when 
a, a close first half, but then Wales just picked and go, picked and go, picked and go. And, but they, they had no answer and no nothing else to, to kind of come at, which is becoming a bit of a, a similar story for them, really. Mm. It's interesting that they were all raving about England last week when they beat France by a couple of points. Yeah. And they've turned a corner, the style of play, yada, yada, yada. Seven days later, Eddie out. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he has ever... He's six years he's been there. I didn't realise it was that long. Six years, and I yeah. don't think he's ever come to terms with the level of scrutiny. Because I can no, imagine the questioning been, in yeah. Japan was so polite. Yeah. But I mean, Australia, surely. Australia would have been all so over So you've broken up, mate. I would have thought in Australia they would have been all over him. Oh, it's me, is it? Throw that one to you, Dan. What do you reckon? Is is this is this down to press scrutiny that uh, that that um, that Eddie James is is struggling to deal with it? Because I, 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 I would have I, thought he would have he would have been you know battle battle hardened enough to realise that's what the case was going to be. I just think he needs to. It's, it's it's quite for me. It's relatively basic with Eddie Eddie Jones. He needs to pick the players that are on form, and with any head coach role selection is the is what you paid the big bucks for but with England because they have the sheer numbers of players they've got they, they've just got so much quality that it is it's probably harder than, than than most as opposed to it being easier because you've got to get that right but he, he I, I think he's he's under he's underperformed for for a long you know for a long time really with the quality and uh, that he's got at his disposal, really. And he just seems to sort of stick to his guns, but like out of a, I don't know, for no real reason, you know, like almost like he can't say he's got it, you know, he's got it wrong or, you know, the press court, the press make a comment that, you know, you know, a few players have got to be included. And he, he's almost like it goes the other way. And it's known, the press, the press know that. Um, mm. It's just, it just seems crazy. I know, but I mean, the, the, the press, do, do, I mean, the press is a wide thing. Let's let's put this out there, right? Stuart Barnes and, and Stephen James, right, in, in particular. It's just like someone has a good 45 minutes for Exeter and they should be starting 10 for England. Like, you know what I mean? There's It's always been the same case. It's like, I, honestly, I genuinely remember um, Stuart Barnes saying that the Arscott brothers should both be playing for England. You know, it should have been like 2008 or something like that. But it's like, you know, and they're fine. They're in good form for Bristol or whoever they're playing for at the moment. But it's just like whoever the, you know, the hottest thing is at that moment in time should go in. And it's weird because, you know, Barnes played rugby at an international level. You'd think he would be able to be, you know, I guess a bit more subjective about it and show you've got to do it for a period of time. But Jones is just the, is the other, you know, is the other end of that. Eddie Jones is his is the other end of the spectrum. He, you know, it's almost like you're right, Danny. He wants to dig his heels in. And oh yeah, there's the, yeah. I get you. I mean, there is there are some crazy calls that come about. Yeah, someone has a good you know a good twenty minutes, and and they're being you know they're being uh, talked about for England. But genuinely, it's been Murph. I know you watch you watch the English games more than you know more than myself and Jed. But there's been players there that are playing literally week in week out. You, you know they they I can't say they'd walk into a lot of international sides, but they're quality quality players. And when things aren't going right. You, and you just think, you know, they, they can they can change this up a bit. Um, I mean, Murph, you, what, what's your take on it? 
but it, it does feel like just pride with Eddie Jones. He won't admit that he's wrong on here. Like, I just sort of mm. feels like from this distance, and obviously it might be much more complex than that. But uh, it, it definitely looks like he discarded Danny Kerr too soon. If you haven't got loads of young scrum halves coming through, why you, why yeah. is Danny Kerr up when he's mm. he's playing better than Ben Young's is? I would say at the moment. Uh, he got discarded too soon. Uh, when they are brought um, uh, other players into the squad, they've, they've gone for people like George Furbank. And if you remember the last World Cup, Piers Francis. Yeah. And, th- and they were okay. I'm not, I mean, they've obviously got something going on, but they were being trumpeted so much in the English media. And you're just thinking, well, you know, he's it, not Christian bloody Cullen, you know, he's just okay. And, uh, and then lo and behold, they get found out and they're out again. So, uh, even when he does, to me, even when he does bring in a form player, it's the wrong one, mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, like Marcus Smith should have done more than hold the t- tackle bags by now. Sam yeah. Simmons. I'm, 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 I'm astonished that the only tens he ever picks are the two same guys. And it's been the same for six years. Yeah. And it was the same under Lancaster. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, look, I, I've, said, I've said it before. I think, I think Farrell's competitiveness means that he, he's a... You know, he's an asset in the international game. You know, he's got the dual Lions winner, right? But, I mean, George Ford is held in such... And, and don't worry, Farrell had another stinking game yesterday, by the way. But George Ford is held in such high regard. Like, and I know he's got all the skills, but, like, playing behind that pack, he should have had games where, you know, he should have had way more games that he is, he is completely dominated. I'm, you know, New Zealand New Zealand, and South Africa and Australia don't, aren't terrified of, of him at 10. And he's, he must have about 80 caps now. Like, I'm, I'm just surprised that he doesn't mix it up more. And that's not to say he's a bad player because he's not. But I just think that, you know, you look at Dan Bigger, who, who's not, not in any way near as, as naturally gifted in terms of service and, and stuff like that. But Bigger's an absolute test match animal. He showed it again last night. That in the biggest games, he turns up and he wins you stuff. Like in the way that is the most un-Welsh thing in the world, he relishes the big occasion and just doesn't, and doesn't wilt under it. And, and I just think that that's, you know, if you've if you tried these same two players at ten all the time, you've got to be like you say. You did, there is the Marcus Smiths out there, which well, I can't remember which Simmons it is at, at Exeter, but there are other players out there that you thought would have had more than yeah more than just tackle bag experience. Yeah, it must just be so demoralising being 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 uh, you know an English player when you're at the top of your game and then you're not you can't get you can't get a look in even when the player in front of you isn't playing well and then has had to say a second game where it hasn't gone well because you have to have that for competition, don't you? So then everyone knows, but it's almost like he, he knows his side and that's the side he goes out with, which I know has some, some plus points to it. But um, yeah, I think that England would be very, very dangerous if they got, um, if they got a different coach in there. Well, I've thought that I've, I've thought that for some time, really. What will prove it is for all their, you know, for another faltering campaign in the Six Nations, the Lions squad will be filled with English players because they're they've they've got incredible players. Well, they've got quality they? players. They've got quality they? players, and Gats will still be looking at that, thinking, right, let's. There are there are heaps and heaps of talent that I can get much more out of when I've got them all in a training camp and we've we've got them well drilled and they know that then everyone knows their their role. He'll have quite a few of them, but he won't have George Ford. No, he definitely won't have George. He doesn't fancy him. He doesn't fancy him at all. No, he won't. He won't. There's, there's no way he'll be George Ford. Some, someone else, I can't remember who it was, some of the big pundits were saying that 
the hangover from Saracens is still hanging over English rugby because all their top players are Saracens players or, or the most influential, important players are Saracens players. And every single one of them is playing beneath their best right now, even at OJ, who is normally just permanently good. Um, so it's interesting how long that's rumbling on, that that kind of fallout from that, which was, if like we said recently, the, the Tuesday after the World Cup final, they announced that the Saracens issue was going to be punished. Um, or are we 18 months later, nearly? Uh, and it's still having an effect on English rugby because they, all the Saracens boys, the ones who are still at that club, haven't played a game apart from international rugby this year. And I, I can imagine that must be a major reason why they're underperforming. Yeah, no, I think I, I think there's a there's a lot in that to be honest, because it's particularly because they play you know a similar brand of rugby. You've got a side yeah. f- full of those players, and they, and you're right, they are those they're the best players. And we've said it before, it's the spine of the team, isn't it? It's the spine of the team. You know, you've got two, five, eight, ten, all there, uh, or ten or twelve, all Saracens players. Fifteen. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. they also look quite. Um... I don't know, they, they look um, angry. You know, they, they, they don't look happy uh, at all, the, the English boys, which... It don't might start me about Ellis Genge, Dan. Don't start me about Ellis Genge. Oh, did you, did oh you see God. it on, on yeah. the floor? It's every single game he comes on. Every single game. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, I've, I've seen it on Twitter, the, uh, the elbows. Yeah. He was doing it against us with Rodri Jones, having a chip at him. And, you know, well, I mean... It's not. It's not a. It's nothing novel being a, a an RC front rower, but it's just what is his problem all the time? Like he's a grown up with a really good job. It's not as if he's still apparently he's from a rough area or he had a tough upbringing or something. But he's won. He, he's he's succeeded in life. So what is he still angry about? It's not as if he grew up in a tough area of Bristol with nothing going for him and he's still there. <laughs> he's got an amazing job and a lifestyle. I bet he's got a brilliant car and house. What's he still got his house in his hand for? He gets on my, <laughs> he gets on my tits. Yeah, I, I got that off my chest. Yeah, <laughs> you, been, you feel it. You feel it better now, man. You've been, you've been yeah, holding yeah, that I, in for weeks. I, I don't feel better about Wales, France, but I feel better about that. I tell you what, we should say. I tell you what, we should say in between uh, this because I don't. I've obviously we've spoken about Wales quite a bit, but you know, as much as it pains, pains me to say it, a massive congratulations to France because the, the way, the way they played and the, and the bottle to, to keep themselves in the game and to not go to pot when the, um, you know, when they had that try disallowed and then a red card off the back of it, uh, you know, that sometimes, sometimes you have just got to say hats off. That's, that's brilliant. Test match rugby. And, and I think that, that they showed that. Uh, yeah. That they carried on playing, didn't they? They just played and played and played and played. And um, yeah, both 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 sides both sides played, didn't they? I mean, I I think yeah, I just I just I just can't. It's breathtaking now, isn't it? It was it was literally such a good game. I I'm sort of I'm delighted with how with the performance we put in, really. And you know, we haven't really touched on it, really, have we? But the the sort of attacking. It's not even intent because we would, but it, I suppose yeah, the attacking intent and delivery of the of the attacks that we put together was just was just sensational. And you know, all the forward, you know, you know, Adam Beard at first receiver, front rows. We, we've had front rows at first receiver before, haven't we? But everyone looks really 
you know, really, really comfortable. We kept, we kept the wits, but we played it really direct. Everyone carried he, he, so well. It was, oh, it was, we just, I, I felt we deserved to win that though. I, I, I did. I, I honestly oh. thought we deserved to win that game. I thought we played brilliantly, but I don't know, I'm always a bit wary about the term deserve because I just think that, you know, it's as important that you keep your head and don't give away penalties or you react to giving away penalties. That's that's as important and that wins you big test matches in the same way that in the same way that winning the breakdown or scoring great tries or kicking your penalties does. So I don't know, you know, I I agree. I mean, I think in terms of effort and and some of the glimpses that they showed in there were were astonishing, but it's uh, I don't know. They're they're the things they're the things to work on now. For the first time, for the first time under under Pivac, I got really really excited about what the about what the future might hold. And I just you're right though, Murph. It's difficult because you don't know. I don't know when they're next going to play now. Presumably it's the presumably it's the autumn, is it? I can't imagine there's going to be a summer tour. Yeah, I, they, they haven't announced it. Everything's off, but at the same time they haven't said. They're going anyway. Where were they due to go? Well, it was supposed to be New Zealand last year, wasn't it? Um, and I don't know. It's normally no somewhere on a Lions year, it's normally somewhere like Canada or like Canada or Japan or USA mm. or somewhere, isn't it? But yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, can we um, I mean, I can we take point. a moment for George North at 13? <laughs> like it's it's quite something, isn't it? It's a master show by the look of it. Yeah, but surely did you did anyone think that he he, he could be that good at thirteen? Like no. honestly, I mean, no, no, me, no. I, no. I I had real concerns. Listen to the tapes was, back. I'm sure I'd said this is where this is why he should be playing. He should be playing on the wing. You know, he's getting his confidence back. Keep him in a position. Don't start messing around. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just proves the point. What the bloody hell do I know? So um, yeah, I don't know. Let's go. Let's start another cycling podcast. Come on, there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, there's a lot. There's Welsh success in cycling. So exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, I think uh, the tournament is. I mean, after the Amazon Cup, mm. the tournament's been such a boost to rugby. Yeah, I, do, I, I don't know if they've done anything yeah. officially to correct the way the game is being ref, but they've definitely changed the way the game is being ref. They're not rewarding cheating on the floor anymore like no. they were like people like um tom curry he was going in side side entry of nearly every rookie ever hit for a while and they've clamped down on that and he had a bit of a drop in form for a while but he's, he's bounced back man i told you is getting picked up for all the stuff he does now and he's struggling to impose himself on the game because he's not just swarming all over everything that happens a good example last night liam williams the yellow card where he would tackle someone, bounce up and just charge straight into the uh, scrum half. He used to do that nearly every week for Saracens. And then Was that a yellow move? I don't know. I, I, some people still don't think it was that bad, but all I'm getting at is that was rewarded not so long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saracens, he, he, he'd do that, take out the scrum half, get a turnover, whatever, and uh, they'd all be going, woo, woo, and slapping each other on the bum and having a little cutch, you know, all that nonsense. <laughs> And I yeah. don't think negative, although, you know, it might not be wrong, I don't think negative shite like that should be rewarded. I'd rather see what we saw last night yeah, yeah. being rewarded yeah. because that was, you know, that, that that could have been like a Super 15 game, the style of play that was going on. It could have yeah. been Crusaders versus the Highlanders kind of game. 
So I'd much rather, I'd much rather as you, I've said loads of times, I'd much rather pay money to see that because if Saracens were playing out the back, I would close, I'd close the curtains. curtains. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm, mate, I'm 100% with you. One thing, one thing I was saying to Dan before we came on air, though, this really pissed me off last night. It's like, I haven't seen a replay of that Liam Williams incident because the French cameras were so busy doing arty shots in between. They've always been like that. Oh, and I'd forgotten, I'd forgotten how much it pissed me off. But I was like, I would pay double the license fee for the BBC to do their own coverage. Yeah. Uh, and like I said before as well, I've the the forearm to the face of Alan Wynne Jones in the lead up to their first try, three minutes in. I've gone back and watched that, and from the one angle you see, it looks pretty bad. And mm. I just that's that's the only refereeing decision that I'd, that I'd have a bit of a quibble over is I can't believe he didn't have a proper look at that. He said that Barnes had checked it, but but maybe that maybe there's another angle that shows it completely different. But it looked like a, it looked like a, a bit. He was leading with a forearm, and it caught him square in the chops. That's one of the few complaints I would have with Alan Jones is when he gets smashed about, he's too tough to complain. Yeah, like it, I'm not saying you should simulate anything, but you should let the ref know that you've just been forearm smashed in the nose. Josh, Josh Adams was straight away to the touch judge, whoever on that it was on that side, slapping his arm, slapping his arm, saying it was a saying it was a forearm. And 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 Pierce said that he'd and said it said it'd be checked and he was happy with it. But but again, like thing is, if that is the decision, and then they show at half time the uh, or they show the they show the replay and you say, Do you know what, fair enough from that angle, it looks fine. But to not be able to see it, it's like what you know, what is this? The nineties or something. Like, you know, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was so annoying. But I think um French TV is always French TV coverage has always been like that. But at one stage, they what they would do is like uh, say in Shane Williams era, it'd be on a mazy run through the middle, just doing something amazing. You know, we remember what he was like, and then the coverage would be a slow mo close up of his face. Yeah, and you're going, well, what he's sidestepping, but what is he sidestepping from? Because we can't see anything else apart from up his nostril in slow yeah. motion. It, it was infuriating. It, it's improved uh, this side of this side of the uh, border, not the, the English Channel, since then. But they, they still love a close up down there. Yeah. They, they, they're more in love with their technical ability than they are with the sport, if you know what I mean. Yeah, which in a way is part of the you know it's just part of the the gloriously French um, <laughs> everything, isn't it? Like it couldn't be more French unless those unless those replays were like you know an impressionist artist painting it as we go along like, <laughs> that's, that's the only way it could be more French but um, yeah, didn't they used to do that they used to have a guy by the side of the pitch they did used to do that actually yeah they did and yeah. they always always had a cockerel on the pitch yeah that, yeah, yeah that's, exactly. that's a, that I used to not I didn't dislike that tradition oh big fan of that big fan yeah. of that yeah. I don't know I don't know if it's probably some kind of uh, health and safety issue but can't do it I, anymore I thought it was like a tradition that it was a supporter smuggled it in as well yeah oh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah great exactly yeah, yeah. It's hard. The thing is, if you can smuggle a chicken in, you can probably smuggle a bomb in. <laughs> so that might be why it's done. I didn't know it came through from a supporter. Was yeah, it? I'm sure it, I'm sure it did. I, I can't get into the millennium with a rolled up newspaper. Like, you know, <laughs> how you uh, yeah, how you're able to get in how you're able to get in there with a live with live poultry. There's probably it's a separate there's probably, a, there's probably a separate gate now at the Stade de France. You know, where you just like, oh yeah, you fast track through there if you've got a cockerel on you, go on Livestock this way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are we are saying it as if we don't parade a goat around the pitch before uh, before Officially sanctioned, Jed. Officially sanctioned, Joe. How much better would that be if we could smuggle our own goats in as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, going back to the French thing, and you were saying you don't begrudge them the style of play, the way they went mm. at the end. Uh, I agree, but 
Fabian Gaultier took a massive dump on that last night, didn't he? Yeah, seriously yeah. salty, wasn't it? But, yeah, uh, what a dick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing, right, with Galtier is, you know, th- everyone can look at that crop of players and we know that there's there's genius players in there. They've got two genius uh, tens in, uh, you know, in DuPont, they've got a, a player who we're all going to, we're, we're going to be talking about for years to come. We know throughout there is quality. What's going to be really interesting is, again, like we say, head coach, it's all about making decisions. Now, this side should win the next World Cup. Like, it should. Like, it's as in it has every chance of competing with New Zealand and South Africa and whoever else uh, are there right at the, at the business end. But that's going to be where it, you know, where it's won and lost. And that's where Galtier is going to have to prove his mettle because it's one thing saying to these boys, go out and play. It's going to be another thing, making tough selection calls and closing things out in the, in the last, you know, the final minutes of, of a home world cup, which can go one of two ways. You know, you, you either, you either, you know, you rise, you will rise to it and you play better or the, the pressure gets to you, you know, see Brazil in the Football World Cup in 2014, see England in the Rugby World Cup in 2015. And they absolutely crumbled under the pressure of it. And, and that's going to be the bit now is, is that, you know, for all his salty remarks, Galtier is going to have to prove that he's a, that he's a top draw head coach at that level. Uh, yeah, just before Dan comes in on that, I, I was just going to say, apart from saying something stupid last night about in case anyone hasn't picked up on it, he said that Wales are milking these red cards and, and offences from the other from the opposition. And also, when I said about we were denied a finale because of COVID, a proper finale, it could have been a Grand Slam either way. It was because of him. Mm. He's the one who broke the lockdown, went out to watch his son play rugby or something, caught COVID, brought it into camp. So, twat. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the yeah. long and short of it, though, isn't it? It's... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what, what what's French for twat. I don't know. I don't speak Le French. twat. Yeah, I think it might be that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lecoq sportif himself. Um, yeah. um, there we go. Yeah, Dan, did you want to add anything about uh, about Fabien Galtier or uh, or uh, pressure of a home World Cup? No, not massively. I think Murph summed it up perfectly there with uh, with Le twat. Is it? Is it? Yes. Just disappointing, isn't it, for him to he didn't need to didn't need to come out with that. You know, they got they they got the win, great game. Just just a, a silly, silly thing to say. We're, and certainly, he's not not, gonna, we're uh, certainly not milking things at the break. I mean, the thing is, like those, no, those red what cards a ridiculous have, have come from being real pests at the breakdown. And it's prop forwards doing it. It's it's been Win Jones twice and Tom Francis in the first game. And um, you know, there's you know, like we said, that's that, that is part of the rules. If you can cause problems at the breakdown. Uh, the onus is on your players not to do stupid things. And Omani did, and and Ferguson did, and Vilemsa did. You know, that's that's it. You know, that it, that is every part of the game. And I know what we're saying about, you know, you want to reward positive, you know, positive rugby and stuff like that. But there's always going to be a contest at the breakdown. So, you know, I, I think that the more you can make a nuisance to yourself, the more the onus is on opposition players to, um, yeah, to, well, to not get sent off. Yeah, he's obviously taken a dislike into the Valencia, you know, the, the, with his hands in, with his hands in his eyes. But yeah, but you've it, won. Just, you've won. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, if he'd lost, you could imagine him being salty over it. Mm. Yeah, yeah so, win, so just shut up and get on with it. You know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. It's just it's disappointing. That's the that's what I say. Okay. Right. Well, we're coming towards uh, coming towards the end of the show. Um, I suppose, yeah, we, you know, let's have another look ahead to to next week. I suppose it does actually give a bit of um, 
I suppose makes this game a bit more exciting than I was anticipating. Uh, the fact that there's a, there's a there is a championship on the line for us, and that's, you know we're all we're all Scottish now, aren't we? So um, the question is, are Scotland going to be able to go there and do it and 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 do us a massive massive favour? What do you reckon, Dan? Go on, Murph. Go oh, on. You, you, you. I was just going to say you 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 don't care unless it's a Grand Slam. You're not interested. That's, that was your attitude last week. Well, well, it is really like I mean, who am I kidding? Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's not going to be the same. If you know, it, it gives a reason to watch the game. But all I'm saying is, a championship when you've got a grand slam on the line in the final game and destiny's in your own hands, a championship is is a consolation prize. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what do they say? Kissing your sister or something? Kissing your cousin or something? Isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's but like it's like that. Jed, you, do you have you changed though in that? You know, it's it's still going to be a great achievement. Yeah, look, winning winning the champion winning the championship would be great, and um, but it's just not like you know. Let's say, for example, last night was the final game of the of the tournament, and we'd have won that because we were within so you know whatever the points difference is supposed to be. No one's telling me that after that game you're going to be elated that you go out and lift the trophy. Like no one is going to feel like that was a good thing. That's always my point about if you go into the last day with a Grand Slam on the line, unless you win the Grand Slam, it's it's a bitter disappointment. I think it has to be, doesn't it? You know, like no, no none it, of those yeah. players would be. I think you... it is a bit. It is a bit of disappointment, but very much so at the time. But at the time, if, yeah. Exactly. If we, you know, if we. You know, if we if we then look back, you know, say two weeks later, and where, but particularly with, I think particularly with Wales, anyway, with where we've come from and how we finished, like you know, if we go back to the very beginning of the the sort of podcast series, we were saying, look, what would be enough to for Pivak to keep his job, and you know, a lot of us were saying, well, he's going to need to almost win, you know, three wins, wasn't it? I think we all said he needed three wins. Yeah, it's minimum three wins, but also the style as well. We need they, mm. they can't just be sort of you know wins you know they can't just be wins then we've got to see where we were going because I don't think any of I don't think any of us at that point could say that we could see what we were doing. I think that's probably fair apart from obviously the, the defense was getting stronger the, the the patterns of attack play but we can definitely see it now. Yeah hundred percent like like I said it was the it was the the last 20 against England was the point where I thought you know what there's there's something there's something here and I can see it clicking and maybe you know People who know more about rugby than me could see that could see that coming before that in those first two games. But yeah, it's it's exciting, and do you know what, you you wouldn't begrudge those players uh, having their name on the trophy for the way they played, particularly in that game against France. You know, so yeah. you know, so look, I'd, would would we rather lift the title than than nothing? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, fingers fingers, and it does it does make it does make that last game a bit more interesting, doesn't it? Well, I would settle for next, it's Friday night, isn't it? Next week. Yeah, it was six day turnaround for that French side. Mm. I would settle mm. for another game like last night, without having to be yeah, so emotionally involved, without yeah. having to live and breathe and die every minute of it, and then be yeah. stabbed in the heart in the last second. That's as long as <laughs> as long as it's the same standard, I'm I'm happy. I know. I mean, like it, it always makes me laugh. Like you know when people you know, your mates who are English or Irish or whatever, and they say, you know, it was a great game for the neutral. I was like, I wouldn't bloody know. You know people still say that about that game against Fiji in 2007. It's like, yeah. I, I, was like I couldn't tell you whether that was a great game. You know, I'm sure it was a great game for the neutral. It was a bloody horrible game to be uh, uh, to, to be emotionally invested in. Yeah. 
so yeah just similar end-to-end stuff next week i'll be fine with that just to get me over get just yeah. get me back into rugby because obviously i'm all cycling now so well, <laughs> just put something together to make me fall in love with rugby union again that'll be oh, okay no. get finn russell going that's what i want to see finn yeah russell, i know that'll be good yeah i that's that you know that is just a joy to watch though isn't it is when finn russell plays it is plays at his best and is his most exciting then that's that's what rugby union is all about and and look i'm sure last night it, joking aside if if you were a neutral that that will win that will win people over you know people who stuck it on for for 20 minutes because they'd finished watching ant and dex saturday night takeaway i'm sure went oh bloody hell this game's all right isn't it well it really will because like all the youngsters would normally be out on the town weren't out on the town so what were they doing last night they probably i don't know what the figures were they must have been quite big yeah, I think they'll probably uh, come out. They'll probably there'll probably be some reports tomorrow. I imagine, but it, it's bound to be big. That's yeah. got to be yeah, caught, right up there. Yeah, and they they caught the Six Nations at its absolute best. I would say. I mean, I can't I can't think off the top of my head of a more momentous game of rugby. It's really hard actually to think of one, isn't it? Of a game that yeah. had that much riding on it and was that entertaining and and not just entertaining. It wasn't error ridden either. Like you know, the the England France game was good, but the, the week before, but there's lots of errors in it. And I kind of think that you know the fact that there was so so much brilliant rugby played in that game, as well as it being so tense. It's just yeah, it's the, it's the perfect advert for the game, really. Yeah, that's a good point there, Jed. Actually, yeah, because the game the game. Um with England, France was, it was exciting to watch, but there was, it was laughable at times. Like there was so many comedy errors really. Well, just so many errors then. But last night, that was, that was a different beast, wasn't it? That was a great advert for rugby. It was, it was, it was intense. It was, you know, everything about it was accurate. It was just, just superb, superb I, rugby. I did find myself at a point, and I, do you know, I, I can't remember who scored it. Was it Dupont? The, the chip, the chip kick over the top that, oh, they, that they scored. Yeah, was it Dupont who scored uh, it? Dupont gathered it. Did, I don't know. He... I don't know. I like, you know, but I, I was just sat there, and you thought, you can't, you can't argue with brilliance like that. It's no, just Dupont like, did score. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's just moments like that. Are, I must have blanked yeah. my memory. I can't remember. I can't remember any of that. Yeah, it was chipped over, wasn't it? Caught by Jalabert, and then I got rug- a rugby version of PTSD. So now I can't recall any of the pain. I, I I have been absolutely exhausted today. My dad to have a little snooze for an hour, which is <laughs> uh, which is a, which is a rarity for me. But I did have to go upstairs and just lie down. In other news, though, congratulations on making your debut for Italy, Dan. Off the bench, admittedly. I can't remember the fellas. Favoretti, I think his name is. The batter. I spotted spot him playing for Treviso a few months back. I was like, that looks like a six foot four version of Killick. And um, and yeah, I'll have to I'll have to I'll have to put up a, a side by side photo on Twitter. But yeah, it, it took me by surprise. Ah, oh, he's managed to managed to sneak over fresh from a, a weekend uh, or an after a morning in the office in Chesterton's Treviso. He's he's flown in to to make his take his place on the bench. Pavaretti's <laughs> a handsome devil, is he, Dan? I think he's. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's um, a really good-looking bloke over there. Yeah, so. yeah he, he, he's all right. He's all right. Is, yeah, we I, should, I think yeah, is anyone, anyone with. I, I'll have to have a look at him now. But anybody with dark hair, there's this thing with uh, my mates that is it, if anyone that's dark hair, basically. Um, bit of facial hair. It's like it's it's me. I, I think I must just be one of, one of those faces. I think. 
Mate, I can go you one better than this, and this genuinely happened a few weeks ago. We were feeding the ducks um, uh, with our with our daughter at the the pond, and I wandered over and I said to my wife, "I was like, what are you doing?" She was like trying to throw trying to throw really really far away. So what are you doing? She went, "I'm trying to feed that bird that looks like Killick." <laughs> Again, is this whatever this little kind of duck thing with jet black? Oh my god, jet, jet black, black was. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, look, I'm not. I'm actually not surprised. Yeah. Um, Ash from a toddler, mind. Jed, can you send me a photo? Can you send me a photo? Hey, I will. Of, I will get a photo well. of the, of the no, killick bird. Yeah, the killick bird. Thank the you. The killick yeah. bird, and yeah, we'll um, we'll get a, a bit of a um, a catalogue of killick killick likes on the go. Um, we are. Um, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be back talking about uh, about Pro 14 next week. But a quick mention for uh, for Ospreys and Dragons getting a win, um, yeah. both getting wins, which is good. But I mean, particularly the Ospreys, though. You know, three scores down to three scores down to Leinster away from home. That doesn't that doesn't happen very often. No, against any opposition. No, against anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so rare. Yeah. I'm just thinking if there's any. Before we wrap up, I just wonder if there's any other players I can call names because it's been very cathartic uh, picking on Galtier. He's not a player, but you know what I mean. And uh, the other guy, Ellis Genge. I anyone can't else? think of anyone. Yeah. Well, let us know. Yeah, we'll treat it as some kind of like primal scream therapy for you. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You can abuse a, yeah, abuse a, abuse international test match rugby players in a, at least <laughs> in, a light, in a light-hearted way. Like, do you know what I mean? We should say again quickly just. Oh, in a, in a, more a, morons on Twitter calling people out. You know, it's like Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think I don't mind. You know, if someone criticizes and says, "Oh, so and so had a bad game" or whatever, it's like that's one thing. But when you're when you're actually taking the time to at someone or or direct message them on Instagram, it's just like, fellas, take a long hard look at yourselves here. Like, yeah. you know, what what are you what are you thinking? Well, listen, I think Ellis Genge is an amazing rugby player, and if I met him in the flesh, that's exactly what I'd say. Well, that's it, though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's just like you know, it's um, yeah. He's got, he's got anger management issues for sure. Oh look, mate, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe he's rugby player. Maybe you should be putting the armor on the shoulder and offering a bit of a uh, offering a bit of that wisely uh, Murph advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, give him a call. Really give him a call, Murph. I think I'd have a word with his barber for sure. <laughs> Well, with only like next week, we're going to be uh, we're going to be talking about rugby again. But if we're not over it, we'll go back to we'll go back to talking about cycling because yeah, I, you know, I, I clean, quite enjoyed uh, yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just uh, any any other sports or topics you think that we should be covering when rugby just gets too heartbreaking, uh, <laughs> do let us know on Twitter at Attacking Scrum, and uh, and we'll be sure to cover those. Uh, a quick thank you to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get some great quality coffee, you can do that at SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk. Uh, thanks to you, Dan, and a thanks to you, Murph, and we will be back to chat something with you very, very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.